Welcome to the I Create Daily Podcast. I'm Leora Alderson. And I'm Devani Alderson. We're your co-hosts on this journey of creativity and productivity. I Create Daily is for artists in every genre of creating, from musicians to writers, crafters to inventors, bloggers to entrepreneurs. I Create Daily is a movement for creators serious about your art. If you're into creating anything, this podcast is definitely for you. Thank you so much for joining us on this journey. Welcome to the I Create Daily podcast. I Create Daily is a movement for creators serious about creating their art. And I'm Devani. And I'm Leora. And our guest today is Mandy Thompson, who gave up on art for more practical pursuits until her mid-30s, at which time she took the leap into the career of a professional artist. Mandy draws inspiration from the transcendence of the natural world. Her pieces are loose abstractions that pull away from realism to capture the essence of nature and evoke a sense of freedom. True art should mean something, should say something, both to the artist and to the patron. Life at its purest is good. Mandy's artwork is an invitation to engage in the natural beauty of life. When art speaks deeply, a connection takes place between the artist and the viewer, a conversation that stirs questions and whispers answers. Wow, that's from Mandy's bio. Welcome and thanks for joining us on I Create Daily. Thank you. Thank you for having me. <laughs> that, so I, as I was saying to you right before we started recording, uh, I was actually running a minute behind because I had forgotten how well written your site and your content is. It's like it's like you're you're you make art with your words as well as visually right one of the things i love to do is especially because my my medium is abstract art it, people don't always understand exactly what is happening with it and so one of the things that i love to do is take some of my love for writing and use it to create descriptors of my artwork so oftentimes when I'm displaying in a gallery or a show or even a group exhibit, my, my, my little descriptor cards will have a bit of a description to help people understand, give context to the artwork. Yeah, definitely. No, that's, it makes perfect sense. And the, I, I think it's so important because then what you're doing, I mean, you're, you're captivating with powerful words and concepts as well as giving meaning to something to help people find the meaning in it. So, but, but it hasn't always been that and you haven't always been doing that. So take us back a little bit to how you got started right. and, and you know, what were you doing and then how did you decide to take the leap into getting back to art? Yes. Well, I, um, as is probably the case for many people who find themselves professionally creative, I've, or a professional artist, I've been creative for all of my life, really. Um, but I didn't tap into the visual side seriously until I was in my mid thirties. And like you, like you read in my bio, I, um, I was coming out of a season of depression and anxiety. And uh, we had, my family had gone through a really difficult time with infertility and a miscarriage. And I was blocked in grief. I was blocked in dealing with the emotions of that. Uh, I realized I didn't have an outlet to release cathartically. Yeah. And I needed to process. And so uh, a, a woman that was uh, t a type of a mentor at the time, she suggested that I start visual journaling, art journaling. Uh, using images and phrases to capture my feeling and, you know, and help 
release it. So I started with clipping out things that I liked, printing stuff off of the internet, you know, the little memes and all, you know, all the little saying, pithy sayings that, that strike us. I started with that, but quickly, quickly folded into painting using my own hand and, um, you know, bringing in uh, sketching and drawing and, you know, all of those elements sort of immediately uh, resurrected themselves in my life. And from there, it just spilled onto the canvas. Oh, and, and spills beautifully. So Devani was saying, yeah, I was, um, I was looking at your site and you have some, we'll link it in the article that accompanies this podcast. And I, I was, as she was captivated by the words. I was captivated by the visuals and the thing with abstract artists and art that I think some people don't understand is like cre the creating of abstract art because some people look at it and they're like, that's lines and squiggles and anybody could do that. But then like right. I, tried, I tried replicate, I tried doing like my own cause I dabble once in a while in, in canvas art, just, you know, mm. for creative release, not as a professional, but it's hard. Like it is work. <laughs> it is no less art than any mm. other kind of painting. Mm. And so I'm interested just personally, right, uh, absolutely. Uh, just that process of like what, uh, what inspires you to create a piece and how are you visualizing it in your head and then just bringing it forth? I honestly, that is a difficult question because the, the base motivation for my artwork is emotional. Mm -hmm. And I honestly am not sure how to say, okay, so I choose an emotion, which is not even how it goes, but you know, I choose an emotion and then I think, okay, how do I want to get this emotion on the canvas? It's so much more subconscious than that. Mm -hmm. So I, I can't necessarily dig into that, but I can say what the thing, some of the things that are conscious in my creativity is, um, the elements that are a little more obvious, like the colors, mm -hmm. because colors evoke emotion. Um, sometimes I'll use words very, very intently in, in what I'm painting because I want to make sure that a, a concept is being conveyed. Like, Oh, like this painting behind me, yeah. it says believe mm -hmm. Love that. and it's written over, oh, thank you. It's written over an area that's very dark in the painting. Mm -hmm. Uh, you know, the placing of a, of a white and a graceful text over, you know, messy, heavy, dark, you know, that, that kind of. It, it sets hope on side and on top of um, dif difficulty, which is a lot of why I started painting in the first place. And so there are tricks and different things that you can do. I, my paintings always have a strong sense of chaos, mm -hmm. you know, with splatters and squiggles and, you know, um, washy mixes of paint. You know, I don't have a lot of recognizable shapes in my work. And that's intentional because life is chaotic. Yeah. The medium by which we live is chaotic. But I'm very intent about form and visual balance and the composition of the arts because at the same time you're, you're viewing chaos, but you're also viewing balance, which is life. Mm -hmm. you know, life is chaos and balance at the same time. Life is messy and beautiful at the same time. So those elements are more conscious. Yeah. Um, you know, but the emotion, which is really the heart of what I'm doing, I, I'm sorry, I don't, I don't know. No, it's yeah. fine. It's a very intuitive 
thing, you know, yeah. of what you're feeling or wanting to convey. It's one of those hard to explain. You just kind of have to dive in. It's, it's the aspect of art where you just have to go do the art yes. to figure out. Yeah. When you were in fact, when yes, you, exactly. When you were speaking about how you got back into it as a healing process, I was getting chills yes. um, because it's, it's such an important concept that seems so simple, but it's so difficult. And that is, you know, if I hurt my arm, I can put my hand over it and just that act helps that feel better. I can right. salve on it. I can minister Band-Aid or whatever herbs, that kind of thing. Mm-hmm. But when you're hurting emotionally, where do you touch? How do you exactly uh, make that how do you soothe that so the concept of right. art which is beauty which is color which is pulling out that grief in a way um makes so much sense as a, and, and i know that there certainly are um schools and teachers who instruct people on how to do it for depression and suicidal thoughts and that sort of thing right so so that's a that's a wonderful gift and it seems like for you, it certainly touched your soul and opened up to your Absolutely. own sense of freedom and reconnection with life yeah. uh, through beauty and nature. Yes, it was revolutionary when I returned to art. Every, everything changed. Yeah. So that, okay, so then back to the original question. So you uh, then decided to, so how do you go from there to deciding to make art your profession? What was that journey? Honestly, um, part of the art spilling over from the journal page to the canvas was by request. You know, you, I would just share some of my pages on Facebook and um, my community would, Mandy, can you, can I buy that? It's, it's a journal page, you know, I can, well, can you paint this for me? Can you make it bigger? And um, it just sort of morphed and I, you know, I spent some time, talking to my husband about, about my creativity and, and where it was going in terms of being an artist. And at the same time I became a mom and contrary to popular belief, <laughs> you can be a mom and an artist at the same time. It was as if I was birthed as an artist mm-hmm. in, in, in the experience of, um, of becoming a mother. So beautiful. Wow. The timing was interesting, but it worked. Yeah. That's fantastic. So do you have a daily creative, especially as a mom, you have one child now? I have two. I have twin daughters. Oh, wow. Okay. So twin daughters. So do you have a daily creative structure that allows you to be productive? I don't, I want to answer this fairly, you know, to give a a realistic, I don't paint every day, but considering all the hats that I wear, I do something creative every day. There you go. Um, You know, and so I do, I I try to have studio time at least three mornings out of the week. Um, You know, but if the, but if a week goes by where I'm not, I'm not painting or I'm not journaling, I I just start to get twitchy, you know? (laughs) Um, So, but, but as in terms of my studio time, that is actually very structured. Uh, I, I have a habit that, that helps propel me through that time. And so um, I, I go in knowing what I'm going to work on and, um, and I get there somewhere between eight o'clock and nine o'clock in the morning. And then I will paint depending on the day, depending on my energy, I will, I will spend either one or two 90 minute sessions, but my, 
creative attention can only run for about 90 minutes. And then I, I, I lose my ideas. I don't like anything. It's terrible. And so I realized, <laughs> Oh, Oh, I just need a recess. Let's okay. go to the playground. Yeah. 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 Um, and so I have one or two 90 minute sessions and then, um, and then that's it for the day. So how do you arrive at knowing what you're going to paint when you get to the studio? I'm, I'm always asking myself, um, what's coming. What do I want to convey? Um, you know, I have like, for instance, the holidays are coming. So right in a couple of months for me, it's, and, and so right now I'm thinking, okay, what do I want to do in terms of uh, holiday gift options for people? Um, you know, there are seasons where I'm painting for a, an exhibit and I need to really, you know, get big and intense and go nuts or I've got something personal that's just on me and I've needed some time for that or there's a commission in play. It's, it just depends on what's happening, but I'm always asking myself that question. Now, in terms of inspiration and ideas, I think that's the neglected side of creativity. We all, we always focus on what, what we're doing and, and we, and we spend more of our energy on trying to make things instead of trying to collect ideas and that's, that side of my life is not as structured. The input is not as structured. And I would like, I would like to get there because I think if I have a little, a little more structured input, my, my output would be more focused mm -hmm. yeah. that and makes more sense. productive. Yeah, that makes sense. It's a good point. So one of the things that we do, um, and it's like, for me, I'm not a visual art, a painter. So it's more for writing, more a word okay. art. Um, mm -hmm. And, and as well as a product developer creator and so an ideator. And so the ideas are prolific, but not the ability to do something with them at the time. So what really helps is the moment there's a little bit of an idea to create a journal or a, a, um, a notebook of ideas yes. so that, you know, it's just the word or the sentence or, the, or even the feeling that was a part of that concept. And then when it is, I come up dry and there I am, time to create, I have this long list of things. You've got a queue that you can run through, yeah. Exactly. And sometimes it can be hard when when you're doing visual art or um, any kind of art, really. Uh, it's like, how do you structure when inspiration strikes? You know, it's like that dilemma <laughs> yeah, of like, yeah. how do I structure input when um, – external input when it can come from whatever I could see a leaf right. falling and be like that's really inspiring for something in that moment yeah and but at the same time it's sort of like when you when you start structuring like that 10 minutes to look into something or research something and mm -hmm. you start making that a conscious habit of I'm intentionally seeking a moment of inspiration I right. think you start noticing things more yeah. and then the spunt the spunt spontaneity, spontaneity yeah. of it happens more often. At least that's mm -hmm. what I figured. Like when I set that time to seek it out, it right. randomly comes more as well. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I think that's the same for me is, is being able to um, pay attention, pay attention to the things that are resonating with me, pay attention to the things that are important, the questions, the curiosities that I have. Yeah. Yeah. For instance, it, I, um, here lately I've been very, more than any other, any other time in my life, I've been very interested in, um, the, how can I say this, the social and political climate that w our country is in. Mm -hmm. And mainly because it, there seems to be so much pain, um, rising to the surface. Yeah. And I, and I am a person of, of peace. I'm a person who 
wants to foster encouragement and hope. And so my art is shifting into this social activism sort of a weird flair that's coming up in me that hasn't really been as strong before, but it's because I care so deeply about our world and I care so deeply about um, we're the family of humanity and I want to encourage us to take care of one another. So um, I started painting more, more abstract figures, but they're figures they are recognizable people and putting words and concepts in there that are encouraging and that draw us back to a sense of togetherness and, mm -hmm. and Hey, hey can, can we, can we still be a team here? Can we, can we still work, work together and listen to one another? So it's coming out, you know, and, and, and it's, it's not necessarily from a leaf falling, but it might be from a yeah. tweet falling. <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> totally. I yeah, love no, that. That makes a lot that. of sense. And, and again, as you were talking, I was getting chills from the standpoint of uh, the healing that yes. can take place. And, you know, we've had a lot of conversations, Devani and I, as well as in our family about, and we will continue on this podcast, the concept of uh, we are in the new re renaissance. We are in an uh, era where it is the artists and creatives who will bring humanity to its next age of enlightenment. You know, the age mm -hmm. of Aquarius was just beginning, you know, back in the 60s and 70s when all the turmoil right. and many of those people's, people in their idealism got in, ended up getting shuffled into corporate structures after all. But right. the urge was, was burst, mm -hmm. you know, the urge to be unique, individual, creative, and break away from, you know, the structured have to be a certain way kind of thing into more creative outlets and more creative ways of being, you know, was burst. And now we are like in another cycle of that time, another turn of the spiral of that mm -hmm. evolution of that coming more fully into being. As right. Bonnie was reading about the Renaissance just the other day and reminded us that that was a several hundred year process. Oh, wow. But it began and was catalyzed and was nurtured and nourished into being by artists and creatives mm -hmm. who had that vision that you have. And that is that, you know, we are humans and all these things that are pulling us apart are not who we really are. And so when we can pull together through beautiful creative things in creative ways with that intention as right. artists you often have the sensitive mm -hmm. factor you know being sensitive and and very open and vulnerable even to to all those emotions and then to turn that into something with the intent of creating beauty and connectedness is powerful yeah mm -hmm. i think that's the way that we're looking for resolution um to to you know what does it create the thing you most need to find? What yeah. is that? And so yeah. we are, you know, like you said, the sensitivity, Oh my goodness, you know? And so we are creating the world that we really, really need to live in. Yes. And we're, and we're, we're sending that out into the culture. And, and hopefully, like you're saying that the, the creative community can, um, infuse our culture with the compassion that I, I think, I think we've lost. Yes, mm -hmm. yeah. definitely. Yeah, so thank you for consciously doing that work in the world. It's very much needed. And there are many... Well, I, I feel compelled. It, it yeah. is a choice, but I just, I feel like I couldn't sleep at night if I didn't. Yes. It's it, like that responsibility. We were just talking with another um, artist who's a photographer, and he was saying, uh, he was mentioning, he had read uh, Stephen Pressfield's War of Art. 
I think it's a war of art. Right. And he was saying it's, it's like it's your responsibility when you have the urge and the ability to create something. I know, you know, the conversation around privilege is a big topic, but when you do have the privilege right. to show up and create something, it's it becomes like the reason it's tugging at you is because you're the person who needs to bring that forward. And mm -hmm. so it almost becomes like, well, this now is my responsibility in the world. Yeah. So one of the things that many of our in our audience are either um, hopeful creators and artists, like they're maybe working a job job, like where you were at one point right. in time, hoping to make their their creative passion their livelihood as well. Some of them already are, and some of them are struggling to make it work. So okay. what can you share as a successful artist? Like, are you able to earn a full-time living to the extent that you're comfortable sharing that? Mm -hmm. And what are the, what advice would you give to creatives um, who are seeking and aspiring to do that? Make a living through the art. Right. That they love? Yeah. I think, I think that's an important question because I'm realizing it, it looks differently for different creatives. Um, so uh, I don't mind. I don't mind sharing. Um, this, it's very obvious if you pay attention to my life. I'm not a full-time artist in that sense. I don't work 40 hours in my art every week. Um, I'm, I'm. I guess you would say I'm a part-time artist and a part-time mom, wife, friend, worshiper. You know all the other things that happen in my life. Um, so foundationally, as a painter, as a painting artist, the dynamic here is that the business of the art gives as much as is given to it. Mm. So I could, I could choose to, to be a 40 hour a week uh, professional artist and, and probably somehow manage to work, pull together a, a full-time salary or income proportionally speaking. Um, I don't want to do that necessarily. And I don't need, um, I'm blessed with the, I don't need to do that. So I think, um, I think that's one thing that people need to think about. And in terms of uh, creatives in general, one thing we have to, we have to back up and think, okay, we need to have a realistic expectation of the market in whatever, whatever our medium is. And then also, um, ask ourselves, do we need to find other ways to supplement our creative passion? There's really nothing wrong with that. And if you step back and pay attention to other professional creatives, most of us are duct taping multiple income streams together. Yeah, Maybe. that's a yeah. trick. There's a, I don't know if you, I don't know how much other artists you follow, but there's a photographer, Chase Jarvis. And he says, he said something on a podcast where it was like, I create the commission work that I do allows me to create the work I want to create. So yes. it's like, it's like sometimes you have to figure out realistically, sometimes I need to do these things to make the money. Mm -hmm. And when that can be taken care of and that pressure can be off my mind, then I right. can create the work that I need to create. Right. And, but I think the, the myth is that the um, full-time professional solely devoted to their artistic expression, that, that is, that, that is, normal and that anything anything short of that is not success mm -hmm. so i think you, you need to have a fair understanding of how professional artists or professional creatives um put it together and then another thing that i think people need to think about is 
Yes, creativity is a renewable resource, but it's limited. We, we can only churn up so much creative activity at, in a time. It's, um, we can't be continuously creative all day, every day. So you have to ask yourself, how much of that resource do I want to hire out, how hire away, like give to someone else. Um, and then, you know, can I, how much am I able to save or reserve for my own art so that I can, so that I can do the work that matters. Like, like you are saying, and I create daily. So, you know, so, so it may be a case where yes, someone needs to bring in extra income, but they don't want to spend it on commissions like Chase Jarvis is doing. Mm -hmm. They want to go work at a library where it's quiet and you don't have to worry about anything, but where the book goes or who needs what book or, you know, I mean, so, and that would be, I would consider that successful as well, you know, because this person is still able to manage their creative pursuits and do that. And, and also, um, it's basically, it's more, I think it's creativity is more about a lifestyle than it is a profession. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and it's incorporating, it's definitely incorporating it into your life. Uh, and it definitely becomes a lifestyle because, um, it basically inspires what we do and what we do inspires it. So it's very, it's very intertwined. And if you don't love it, it can, uh, if you don't love it, to the extent that you want to be whatever version of full-time artist is for you, it can be very challenging because there's obviously those times where you're like, oh my God, is this ever going to work? You know, <laughs> yes. is, is this really going to take off in the way I want it to? And if you don't have that core passion of this is what I'm here to do, then like that's the beginning of it all, right? <laughs> right. Devani, you're exactly right. Yeah. Definitely. So some of the questions from our audience, um, one of them you pretty much answered and where your painting ideas come from. Another one is, do you paint as a series or one at a time, several at a time, a theme, a limited palette, all colors. So just any of that that you can address on how it works. Yes. I think I, I started out painting one at a time, but then I realized that number one, it takes time to wait on paint to dry. And I would just, sit there <laughs> yeah. waiting, you know, or, and so I, I, at this point I do paint multiple pieces at once and it's, and it's usually in a series. They, they usually have similar color schemes, similar theme. Um, yeah. So the, so yeah, that's exactly how I paint. Okay. And then do you, does it, do you have any, one of the questions was, do you have any worries that there, any of them would be too similar? You know what? Uh, not yet, but I haven't exhausted my ability to create a little bit of variety. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. I, I would think that and when you were talking about the series, I was picturing, um, I don't know, it could be like oh, our doctor's office has incredible art in it. And mm-hmm. some of the professional offices and doctor's offices are going more toward almost designer themes where it right. like you enjoy being there just to enjoy the beauty of the environment they created, mm-hmm. which is fantastic for artists as an outlet for selling their work. In fact, someplace they might want to approach whenever they see a new building or whatever coming up as a possibility. But I was imagining taking your inclination to create a series and your skill and talent for writing, you know, and mm. basically decorating the walls with the story. Oh, wow. I very much like that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, and it, you know, it could be in particular when you're talking about healing, 
You know, it could be a story mm-hmm. of healing, yeah. you know, and a journey of that. Um, so yeah, definitely something something that would utilize all of that. Projects to spark the visual artists. <laughs> I like it. I like it. I like it. You said it. Awesome. Yeah. So what else do you see? Uh, yes. So we talked about sort of the art and business side of it. Um, another audience question was, did you build your webpage? Is that one of the creative things you hired out? Because it's beautiful. And oh, thank you. Um, sort of, I guess also my own curiosity on top of this question is how much of uh, what are you sort of outsourcing on the technical online side of your business and what are you doing on your own? Oh, that is the ultimate question. Is the business, how's the business? Are we doing the business? <laughs> um, my website was a two-part situation. I worked with a developer to transfer from WordPress to Squarespace. Very important point and very important in turn in my web uh, website presence. Squarespace, I was in the .org, and so it was, it was um, extensions and, and um, the coding, and oh my goodness, and, and I just, it was like death. You mean the WordPress, the WordPress Yes, platform? like, will you do it yourself? No, I can't. Why? And so <laughs> I found a developer in our area. Um, she's since moved to the, to the D.C. area, picklesandoliver.com, love her she works with small businesses branding everything it she was she's a genius and she she gently ushered me from the wordpress torture to this squarespace platform and i can do it and so she transferred everything all the content you know all of that stuff and helped me um reconfigure some things um and then from there I was able, I'm able to do the upkeep, which doesn't happen nearly as often as I would probably, as I should, but that's not because I can't. Mm -hmm. It's just because, oh, yeah, I have to think, I have to think about pricing. I have to think about, you know, okay, how many of these recent paintings have I done? Are they prepped for prints? Have I, have I got the JPEGs ready for everything? What sizes am I going to offer? You know, and it just, Yeah, definitely. We're, All we're, the nitty gritty that take that when you want to be making something. Yeah, that's yes. not in our yes. wheelhouse of, of specialties. Definitely. So, yes. were you on one of the old, like an HTML WordPress? Like, did you have one of the older sites that was HTML versus the current, more more current WordPress? Um, I'm. I don't. I don't understand the question, so I'm not sure which one I was. But I will say that we transferred my website to two, three summers, two summers ago. Okay. And how, and when did you first start that one? The word, when I, when I, when did I first start my, um, my personal website? Mm -hmm. Uh, it would have been five years ago. Okay. So it was probably, I'm guessing it might've been HTML, which is where in order to make any changes, people had to go to the developer to do it. Yeah. It's, it is a lot different now, but we okay. also know people who are doing Squarespace like you are. So uh-huh. just for those who may be on WordPress and wondering, you know, is there, it's very different. There's a lot more plug and play with WordPress right. themes. Yes. If you have okay. a developer create it for you, then they're going to tend to disable you from doing much on your own by doing it all coding versus right. a, a, you know, a drag and drop theme that, you know, is, is very versatile and flexible, mm-hmm. but it's good that you have something that's working for you. That's really, yeah, important. I'm very happy with it. And yeah. I know that there are other people that, you know, love WordPress, which is, I was surprised it didn't work for me, but oh no, no. 
Yeah. Yeah. So, so another question is uh, how much time do you spend making art versus how much time working on your art business? It ties in with the business and technical side of it still. In that oh, totally. Yeah. My ideal, my ideal breakdown would be 50, 50, yeah. um, you know, and so, because I don't want to, I don't want to neglect the artist in me. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, I could spend all my time on website maintenance or, um, you know, other, other, other thing, inventory, stuff like that. Um, but I found that if I do that, if I really, really get deep in the muck of those sort of, sort of things, it's, I don't feel like I'm being kind to myself. And I, and I have the ability right now to not, to not, you know, so it's, it's just all about balance and it's all about what you want it to be. And like I said earlier, is the business side of art, I get what I put into it. So, um, you know, it's just, it's a proportional give and take. And I, and I'm in a season in my life right now where I I can literally afford not to, um, not to do some of the business sides of things. Mm, Yeah, definitely. Awesome. That's helpful. It's very helpful. And and I think a lot of people could get there sooner than they realize um, because it is inexpensive to outsource. And so generally the rule of thumb that's recommended is if there's anything that you're doing that's repetitive, um, you know, or definitely not in your strength, like creating an uh, an email system or autoresponder or even doing social media responses on your your Mm -hmm. page Mm -hmm. um, doesn't all have to be, you know, like creating memes of your art, for instance. Any of those things, you know, could potentially be outsourced. Right. Yeah. So, uh, so do you have an assistant, like a personal assistant, or you just find people as you need them? It's more, it's more as I need it. Yeah. Or I'll just tell myself, okay, Mandy, you're going to spend the next week working on your website and getting, usually before the holidays, I do, I do a reboot, not a reboot. That's not the right word for it, but I make sure that, that things are up to date. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, and if I do that, you know, in the holidays and then maybe once again in the spring, because in terms of buying art, there's a, there's a holiday push and there's a spring push. And if, you know, and if I get ahead of that, clean things up, uh, update my inventory, you know, re- refresh some pages, then that's really all I, the, the stuff that other people might, might want to outsource, like you said, um, interacting in social media. I love that. But, but con- connecting community and connecting and authenticity, those are core elements of my art. So right. I don't want somebody to do that for me. There you go. Um, yeah. I'm a direct, a direct to patron artist because I like that relationship. I want it. I want that conversation to happen. So I don't want to, I don't want to give that away. That's good. Yeah. yeah. And um, another thing that I do, I've actually moved away from um, emailing and I have shifted to a, a mail art subscription where once, once every two to three months, my, my people on my mailing list will receive a postcard from me. And that's actually how we got connected. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. One of your friends, Lynn Hundley, she yeah. received my mail art. And um, I would, I would much rather be in people's lives and interacting with them than um, that's the timing, the time that I have to give to that. I would rather spend doing that than doing an, a, uh, an email list. Definitely. It just feels, it feels a little less personal. Yeah. Well, no, and that's the perfect, that's the ideal way. And mm-hmm. a lot of people ask like Dave Ani's business is social marketing. And mm-hmm. if she's consulting with clients, that's like 
the ideal way to do it. If it is, it's in your, you know, that, that you feel good about doing that, that you like to do, you love to do that and you nurture because really, you know, again, it gets back to patrons. It gets back to relationships and connections and people knowing your art and knowing your, you, you through your art and vice versa. And we're in an era where people, um, they really want to know people, you know, they want, and, and and beyond just the, um, the virtual bits and bites of information that we get or the little tastes that we get online. Like, I want to know who this Mm -hmm. artist is like Mm -hmm. inside and out. I want to know everything about her and I want to feel like she's a presence or he's a presence in my life. And so that's always important. So what other things are you doing with your art? Like, um, for instance, with visual artists, there are so many options these days, right? To right. Uh, put your art on Redbubble or mm-hmm. to create, you know, print-on-demand products, right. cards, right. mugs, t-shirts, pills, whatever. Um, so, what do you what do you do, and what do you find is the most productive for your business? I um, I like to offer canvas prints. I work with a with a company who will do one-offs for me, so I don't have to order a backlog of um, merchandise. Um, but I love to offer my artwork in canvas prints because that complements the, the contemporary style. They don't need to be framed. Um, you know, you, 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 it's a one-time purchase and you, you order it, you get it and you throw it on your wall. Uh, well not throw you gently. Place it on your wall. Um, that's one of the ways I'm, I'm working on, um, you know, offers just choices and options. I also love creating journal covers. I, mm. I, I work with a company that prints um, journal co- journals with my artwork as a cover and mm. I'll, I'll design the, the way it's laid out, you know, the front and back and they print it. I love that because journaling is very much a part of my artistic passion as well. And my people know that. And yeah. so they come to me for their, their journal every January. We need to start the new year, get start a new journal. We got to get, get an empty and, you know, and they go with it. Uh, I do some cards and um let's see what else oh one of the things that i do that's a little out of the ordinary but i love it is there's this company that um makes these uh how can i say this it's called artemats and they are old vintage cigarette vending machines that they they place all around the world and you the contributors build these little pieces of art that are the size of a of a cigarette pack Mm-hmm. And so I'm finishing up a series now to go out, but, um, there's just these little tiny bite-sized pieces of art and, you know, I include a slip of paper in there that who, who, this is who I am. want to connect with you. If you want to get regular art from me, come sign up for mail art on my website and, you know, and I just, and they send it out into the world and people drop their little coins in the thing and poop out pops piece of art i love it yeah we we, there was a local restaurant they um they were in our area was one of those quirky funky places that had a crazy art and stuff on the wall and they had one of those machines yes I saw when I was little, did not know what it was, but it was just cool. You could see little prints of stuff. That's awesome. Mm-hmm. It's a unique way of spreading your, your work. Can you right. walk a little bit of the technical side of but first the canvas and then the automatic, but so the canvas, you're talking about having digital photography of an original painting. Oh no, I'm sorry for the automats. I, these are all. No, no, actually, I meant, sorry, sorry to interrupt, but I meant yeah. your first back to your original prints. You were talking okay. about canvas prints. Right. So, so that you create by the digitizing of an original onto a canvas. Yes. Okay. Yeah, we uh, you have to just send in a, a JPEG, you know, a high, high, high resolution 
copy of the painting. And I, I do that myself. I edit it so that, so that I am, I want, I personally want the reproduction to be as close to the original as possible mm-hmm. because my, my ultimate heart is that people get the art that they need in their, in their lives. Right. And I know, you know, some people can't afford an original or they don't have the space, yeah. but they want a, they want a smaller version. Yeah. Um, and so I want them to, I want them when they place this in their home, to be able to stand in front of it and have the same emotional reaction as if they were standing in front of an original. Yeah. So I make sure that I edit my, my JPEGs to be very high quality so that when they are reproduced, they, they look very um, impressive. I don't mean that as in it would impress you, but that I don't, no, no, it's clear. It's crisp. It's like the yeah. original. Yeah, as yeah. authentic and close to the original as possible. That makes sense. Right. So how do you do that? How do you take the quality photo and then right. how do you edit? Does it, is it just through it? What, what are you using for that? I actually scan. I use a scanner and I scan um, depending on the size of the painting. I, I, I may have to slide it around on the scanner, you know, to get multiple pieces and then I stitch it together wow. through um, Photoshop. Okay. And, you know, and it automatically pops all the layers in place. And, you know, sometimes it's kind of like this and I have to do it. Not, that's not, that's extreme, but you know, I have to kind of square it up and make sure, you know, the proportions are, are true to the artwork, but um, yeah, it's beautiful. I mean, it takes a little bit of time, but um, now tell myself this week, I'm going to scan my artwork and I'm yeah. going to edit my JPEGs and get them ready for print. And it's not, well, it's still not as time consuming as doing a whole other original. So, and, but yes. it sounds like the skill of knowing uh, Adobe is a valuable one for an artist. Right. Absolutely. Yeah. Okay. And then the, the, uh, what is it? The uh, automatic, the automatic, right. how does that work? Is that like a, a site you go to? Um, no, I, I actually create the little miniature paintings, uh, on blocks. My husband cuts the blocks out of MDF. You can order the blocks from the Artemat, um, company. Okay. But we, it's just, he, my pop, 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 you know, he spits them out and they have to be a specific size. So if you want to join up with Artemat, you have to contact them and say, you know, I want to be considered as an artist. And then you submit, they have very, very, very specific guidelines, which is understandable because you're talking about, um, machination of the art process. So, yeah. or at least, um, selling. So you have to be very strict with their guidelines. You send in a prototype you submit a prototype for consideration and if they approve, then you're just on, you're just in line as one of their artists. And whenever you want, you make um, a new batch and you send them in and they distribute them to their um, vending machines and you make new connections. And how do you get paid for that? Do you have to pay for that service? Um, Do, and how do you, yeah. It's a 50, 50, um, the company reserves 50% of the profit and then, and then they send 50 to the artist. But I mean, these blocks are, I think like $5 a piece. So this is not money. This is not a a profitable endeavor for me. It's just a way to connect with people. And I love it. It's quirky. It's different. Every once in a while they send in the little cue of where my art was distributed and the Smithsonian. I mean, seriously. Okay, yeah. it's a vending machine, but it's it's really exciting to have yeah. your stuff placed in all these places, Sydney, Australia, all over the world that yeah. um, this little artist from Southeast Georgia in the United States. I, yeah. How can I say no to an opportunity like no, that? No, absolutely. It's a great way for, like you said, worldwide exposure. That's mm-hmm. fantastic. Mm-hmm. We're, we're kind of winding down and we want to be respectful of your time and bring this to kind of to a close. So you've been, I really appreciate your sharing 
all the different avenues of that or some of the different avenues that you're using that will help mm -hmm. artists. Um, what do you, in closing, do you have any other advice to artists beyond what we've covered toward helping make their passion into a business, a successful business? And I know that you're doing it part-time and I know right. that, you know, so, so, but, but many people, that is how we start part-time, yeah. you know, while we're supporting mm -hmm. ourselves through other, other means. Right. I love, I, I love this question. And I think, honestly, I think the, the one thing I would want to leave your listeners with is to challenge them to clarify their foundational understanding of success hmm. in, in their field before they get too far down the road. Because I was able to stop and go, Whoa, I don't want, I don't want to do this professionally. I don't, or, or not, that's not wrong wording. I don't want to do this full time, 40 hours a week. Yeah. And so, um, my definition, I'm by my definition, I am successful and I am satisfied with what I'm able to do. And my, my base level understanding of success is, am I able to create? Mm, yeah. And if I am, you know, I'm in, I'm in line. I'm doing, I broke, I broke my arm about 10 months ago and that was very unsuccessful. I was not able to create for a few months. Yeah. So, you know, and so it helps put a lot of things in perspective, but they, they need to clarify because for them it might be, um, you know, are they doing work that's meaningful? It might be, is somebody paying them for the, their creativity? It might be, is my work getting in galleries or, is, or um, being published by music companies in Nashville? And, and that, that's actually going to help you determine your true north. Yes. Yeah. And then all your other decisions will fall into place after that. And so if you, if you can determine at the onset, okay, this is what success looks like. You're, you'll be laser focused. You know, I know I don't want to hire out when it comes to my social media engagement because that's a part of my brand, for lack of a better word. Mm -hmm. That's a part of who I am as an artist. And I don't want to give that away because I've clarified how I want to interact with um, the market. And I want to do it on a personal level. I want to be the people's artist and I want to be able to connect with them and have a conversation. So, um, so no, I don't really worry about email newsletters because they, they weren't generating conversation, you know, but a newsletter, I mean, a little, um, a little postcard in somebody's mailbox. It's so personal. They love it. I end up getting all of these photos on Facebook. Mandy, I put it in this Mandy. Yeah. I got it on my desk today. Mandy, we yeah. stuck it on our refrigerator. Nobody replies to the email newsletters, yeah, that's you right. know? Yeah. Back, and so back for me, it's, it's having that laser focus, understanding the success. Yeah, very important. And I forgot to ask you something you said made me real, remember this question from the audience. And that is where do most your sales happen and what sells best? Oh, wow. I, you know what? I think what sells best really are the smaller originals and the, and the prints, either canvas prints or photo prints. And that's because the heart of what I'm doing really is the art itself. Mm. So people love cards. People love journals. They come, they come for those during the holidays. Um, but the real connecting with the, with the patron happens with, it just centers around the artwork in its purest form. I see. Yeah. And so do you use Patreon or when you say patron, you mean, is it a direct sale? A buyer. Yeah. A buyer. Is an it, art buyer. And is that direct through your site? They can, Oh, the mean how, um, people can order through my site. They, um, just, send me a message through Facebook, Mandy, I want that one or, um, you know, come into my studio, 
you know, coming to visit me. Uh, it just, it just happens through the, through relationships. And so you have to, how does Mandy have relationships with people in her life? You know, you do it in person, you do it through social media. Um, you know, and that's really by nature of those relationships is but it's how sales happen. Right. So is your studio also a retail? Um, I sell things out of my studio. Yeah. But, um, and I have a, 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 a license for that. Um, it's a, primarily a workspace, okay. but, um, but we have an event in our, in our town called first Friday, where every first Friday of the month, all of the downtown, my studio is downtown, all of the downtown stores and restaurants, there's free wine, there's bands in the squares and, yeah. you know, and people are just rolling through the studio and hanging yeah. out and seeing, and I, I make sure I have stuff available, yeah. um, you know, cause somebody's going to pick up a journal and go, Oh my goodness, that is just, you know, and then, we're off. Yeah, yeah. definitely. Yep. Well, you're awesome. Your art is awesome. Thank we want you. people to visit your website, mandythompson.com. Any, any other way? And also to check you out on Facebook. Right. Um, yeah. Mandy Thompson art on Facebook. Okay. Any other, any other resources or connections? I would love um, if people are visiting my site to just take a look at my mail art option is free, but it's a great way that I stay connected to my creative community. And if, and if anybody is interested in, following what's happening the behind the scenes what am I thinking about what's going on in my life in terms of the context of my artwork getting in that in that mailing list is where it's at so it's mandythompson.com slash mail dash art if there's a banner they'll be able to yeah. find it it's yeah very fantastic, oh fantastic. well thank you it was so fun spending this time with you very thank elucidating you. and inspiring thank you Liara I've really enjoyed this okay thanks talk bye. to you soon okay bye Thanks so much for joining us for the I Create Daily podcast. Please let us know what creatives you would like us to interview and what topics you would be interested in hearing more about. And if you enjoyed this show, please leave a review on iTunes. We value your feedback. We read all the reviews and it just helps us get the word out on the I Create Daily podcast. Thank you so much. Thanks so much.